And now, coming to you live. Good morning. Good morning. Everybody, let's sing along. Hi there. My name is Roland Sandberg, and I tune in all the way here in Finland, Europe. Lots of greetings from Finland. Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Talking Tunes. I'm your announcer, Kitty Litter. Now it's time to talk to the loon tunes of Talking Tunes. Here they are, the Talking Tunes crew. 91X, FAMA, Baja California, Mexico. Welcome to Talking Tunes 2020. Welcome to Talking Tunes, and we've been talking about the legends of radio, and uh, I've just wanted to share some of the legends with you. I did share Jojo Girard with you, and we have quite a few more, like, uh, well, this guy right here, Mr. Jim Cox. Okay, Jim, when did you get started in radio? When did I get started in radio? When I was 16 years old, WTRU, AM 1600, the living end, as it was known on the dial on the radio, you know, 5,000 watt radio station. I was on on the weekends <clears throat> playing the old rock and roll, you know, the monkeys, the Beatles and all that, having the time of my life. You know, it was just a huge dream come true because for years, you know, even when I was 11 and 12 years old, I'd actually practice with my 45 record player in my bedroom, you know. So I had, I had that wanting to be on the radio in my mind for many years, even before I got into radio. Uh, Jim, you, uh, you worked for a lot of different stations over the years. Oh, I sure did. I started in 1966 when I was 16 years you old. You were still going to Motor Shores High School. Yes, I was a radio star, you know, and I was in high school. It was great. That was just part-time on the weekends. Then I moved to WMUS even before it was country. It was a hole-in-the-wall radio station. You know, you pay them 35 bucks, you, they'll put anybody on the air, you know, for a half hour. And I was on that station the first day they went country, and it zoomed like a rocket. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was incredible. And uh, I, I watched the whole thing happen. And, you know, a country music audience is the most genuine audience you can ever find. Oh, They're always loyal. there oh, for you. You do a remote, and they would... They would you know, knock the door down to get in. Oh, there was times when I was on both WTRU and WMUS. I was at MUS the first day they went country, and it shot off like a rocket. It was just something. To, playing Dolly Parton and Dumb Blonde, I don't even think you can play that song anymore. <laughs> And Tim Actorhoff, my good friend, was there, and he was a workaholic, still is, and he made uh, WMUS what it was and what it is. It's a great radio station. And I was there doing the morning show uh, until 1986, and then I took a year off, and uh, I got a divorce. I was a rotten husband. I'll be the first to admit that, you know, with all those ladies calling you all the time you know the temptation was too great yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember the first time i walked into wkbz i think it was 1972 i'd bounce around from you know wtru to mus and then to kbz and it was it was like going into a time capsule yes oh yeah beautiful studios they were old but uh -huh. they were always nice and clean it was across the street 
from uh, the golf course. Okay, well, from Oak Ridge, yeah. Yes, and uh, no air conditioning. They had yeah. screen windows, but you didn't need it. They had nice trees over the building, oh, yeah. but it was a time capsule. And I was on the morning show playing, you know, Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, and... Uh, M-O-R, they call it. Yeah, middle, middle of the road. Of the road yeah. Yeah. Hey, t tell them about starting, how you started the, the uh, diesel engine over at KBC. Oh, yeah. That we they, all did. They had a World War II out of a submarine diesel engine in the garage hooked to a big generator. You know, George... Kravitsky. Kravitsky, <laughs> the <laughs> engineer that had been there from 1948, 49, you know. He kept everything going. And uh, every once in a while, the power would go off, so you'd go out in the garage and fire that monster up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he had to know just exactly how to start it, otherwise it wouldn't start. You know? But old George, he taught me how to start it. And I think it was in 1976, uh, we had a very bad ice storm. Okay. You know, we got yep. to the studio and everything was dark. Go in there and fire it up. Perfect. Ran beautifully. And it's been sold. It was sold maybe, what, 10 years ago yeah, yeah. on eBay for like 1500 bucks. Yeah, yeah. And they rolled it out on big pipes and put it on a truck. And somebody's got it. Probably still working. Sure. It, it took the, it took the yeah, whole I garage. I recall. Oh, go ahead. I'm just saying it, had, it took the whole garage. The whole garage was full. Oh, it. yeah. It was a submarine engine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Too. That's, that's stunning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was huge. You know, diesel engines will last forever. Oh, yeah. Because uh, yeah. they're full of oil. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, it worked very well. well and then I went to uh, Oldies 98, 98.3 for, gosh, I don't know, five years. And uh, wasn't really on the air because it was all satellite fed. You know, um, I was out selling radio commercials and that's where the money really was at. And, you know, that's, that's about the time the pie, the business pie started to shrink because of satellite radio. You know, every piece became smaller so the owners of your many radio stations they didn't really want to uh, or they couldn't hire local people to be on the air the, the expense was just too great for being on the air and insurance so they cut it way down and put it on the bird as they called it the satellite and it still is that way and uh, let me see I think I went back to WKBZ or I was yeah, I went back to WKBZ when Bishop Wells, oh, yeah. a guy by the name of Bishop Wells. When I left. <coughs> yes, I don't blame you. But he had some good ideas, but a little one-sided ideas. And I was just on the AM, they had the FM playing the urban music, which was great, you know. And uh, the ratings came out and they thought for sure that uh, their FM was going to beat everybody. And so the ratings came out and the AM beat the FM. And they accused me of cheating. They were saying, oh, he knows somebody, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so just a lot of other small uh, radio stories. But to me, WKBZ was the number one station, you know, in my book. Started in 1972, and I walked in the door, and it was like walking into a time capsule. You know, it was a beautiful old building, old, huge wooden doors, you know. 
and strictly an AM station. They were given a license at one time to go FM. That was probably in 62, 63, but that's before FM was really popular. And they thought, now it's never going to do much, so they let the license go. But, uh, so I was doing the morning show, playing a lot of great music, Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, and stuff like that. Those were, those were golden days, I still remember them. And then Cliff Martin, who's here, not on the camera right, but he's to my left. Uh, he did Studio 85 at night, very talented man. There on the camera now, playing, uh, you know, the classics. And the music you can only get now <laughs> on, you know, CDs or on YouTube, things like that. You don't hear that kind of music anymore on, on the radio. The audience just isn't there. Oh, you mean 98.9, Real Gold Radio, the Low Power FM. John Allen, good friend of all of ours. He was at MUS for many years, and he moved to Texas, was part of Clear Channel, and he, would, uh, he was the engineer for several radio stations several radio stations. John was a good guy, but he was way overworked. <laughs> he made good money, but you know, seven radio stations, when you have a thunder shower, they all want to be back on. So he went through a lot. He was there for, what, five, six years, and he moved back to, to uh, Whitehall. And he always wanted a low-power FM. So he applied for a license, and he got one. 98.9, real gold radio. It was 100 watts, and uh, they also streamed on the World Wide Web, and that was the first time for me, you know, to have streaming capabilities. So I was on there for about two years playing the good old music, you know, music that I started with in 1966, <laughs> you know. And uh, I was also selling Radio Time. I'd go out and, and visit everybody in the community and they'd buy commercials. And it was a great time. Very nice, very nice station. Then John had a massive heart attack and I left. And now it's still on the air, but it's all totally computerized. Oh yeah, WKBZ, there was uh, Bill Stevens and John Graska. And at WTRU, there was Skip Knight, Ray Hosier for a while. And um, Bill Merchant, Fred, Fred Tascone. Yeah. Fred Tascone was the boss in uh, the 60s, and I think he resigned somewhere in the in the early 70s. But he's still alive. He's a great guy. But he's a, he's a classy guy. He made a lot of money in the stock market. Well, a big blooper of mine happened when I was at WTRU when we did. Uh, half-hour news headlines, we had to read them, you know. And I was 16 years old, and I think uh, President, uh, we had President Johnson, right, as our president at that time. And I was reading a headline like, uh, President Johnson has circumcised Barry Goldwater. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never forget that to this day. What why that popped into my mind, I have no idea. But I remember doing that. News headlines. President Johnson circumcised Barry Goldwater. <laughs> the biggest blooper that I can remember that involved you was when Bill Heintzelman and I were out in the morning. Oh, yeah. And we announced that you had been in a, a major fire. Yes. Do you remember what? I remember that. There was a news headline, what, Jim Cox was in a major fire. He survived, but he's badly burned. Yeah. And I heard that. 
on WKBZ that morning. Yeah. I thought, what the heck? So I called up Bill Heitzman, and you were on the air, and you put me on the air, you know? And saying, well, the story was totally untrue. Just some guy that, that uh, knew me over the years, so he said he was me, yeah. you know? But I, he got burned up, and I don't know. Remember when you called me too, you said, hey, buddy, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, you sound pretty good being in the hospital all burned up. Because my mom's a little upset with this whole thing, a story that's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so the good old days of radio. I've, you know, there's so many stories that I've forgotten. What, what is there to do in radio anymore? Know. You know, it's, it's all, it's all corporate owned. That's another reason why I got out of it. Because with, you know, corporate owned, it was just the bottom line. I think things are a little better now. But not much. <laughs> but it was all corporate owned, <clears throat> you know, bottom line, you were just a number. And uh, there's been a lot of places that have been, or a lot of people that have been uh, let go from uh, uh, iHeartRadio or Clear Channel just because they couldn't really afford them anymore. Right. Andy O'Reilly is one of them. Yeah. And the young lady, Britta, Britta Cleveland. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, she was very talented, mm -hmm. and uh, but they let her go because they were she was costing them too much. So that's you know corporate radio is 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 what really screwed it up, and combined with satellite radio, you know, and you can get any song you want to anymore off the internet or whatever by the thousands. So. So no good. You, you can't. You can't be the guy at 16 years old walking into a radio station saying, "Can I have a job?" No. Yeah. Now in sales, if they want to get out and sell commercials, that you know, there's always a selling job available. But as far as being on the air, you're only talking about very small radio stations anymore in small communities. And you know, it's a fun thing to do, but you won't sure won't make much money. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to be on here today. Sweating in the sun Felt like a million Felt like number one The height of summer I'd never felt that strong Like a rock I was 18 Didn't have a care Working for peanuts not a dime to spare But I was leaning Solid everywhere Like a rock My hands were steady My eyes were clear and bright My walk had purpose My steps were quick and light And I held firm what I felt was right Like a rock Like a rock I was strong as I could be Like a rock Nothing ever got to me Like a rock I was something to see Like a rock Stood arrow straight, unencumbered by the weight of all these hustlers and their schemes. I stood proud, I stood tall, high up 
20 years now Where'd they go? 20 years I don't know I sit and I wonder sometimes Where they've gone And sometimes late at night When I'm bathed in the firelight The moon comes calling a ghostly wife And I recall I recall Like a rock Standing arrow straight Like a rock Charging from the gate the secret square, but $800 in the championship, Paul. We all know, Paul, that men have female hormones in their bodies. But does a woman have male hormones in her body? Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> all right, talking tunes, and we're here with uh, Kathy, who's fixing her hair. All right, hey. <laughs> Gets caught in the headphones. <laughs> and then we got G-Man, we got Bob, we got Peter Tripp, the curly-headed kid in the third row, Emily's hanging out. And our special guest tonight, uh, Steve Salter, or this morning, I should say. And Steve uh, is part of the Killer Blues Headstone Committee. Now, you are you are the committee, aren't you, Steve? I'm the president and founder of the Killer Blues Headstone Project. Okay. Now, as far as the project goes, though, you're the... Are you the only one? Are there more no, members? Actually, or? actually, there's, there's uh, five members in the organization. I'm the, the president... My wife, Leslie, is the secretary. Uh, we have a vice president in St. Louis, Aaron Pritchard. And we have Hank Mowry, who is a board member from Grand Rapids. And we have Keith Peterson, who's a board member in Americus, Georgia. I so tell people there's five people in the organization, and 
we are a 501c nonprofit, and no one receives any compensation for what we do. Every dollar that we take in goes towards placing headstones for Blues Artist Line and Unmarked Graves. Okay, and why, why don't we explain that as far as that goes, too. Now, the first one you said you you got a headstone for was, was Muddy Waters, right? No. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. The, the, the very uh, first headstone that the Headstone Project paid for was Big Maceo Merriweather. Okay. okay. The very first uh, headstone that I was involved in was for Otis Spann, who played with Muddy Waters and Holland Wolf and okay. practically okay. every blues band in Chicago. Okay. Now you you just went on your one of your trips or something. Well, you went it, on it, it started in in uh, 1967. People always ask, "Well, how did you get started in this?" And I say, "Well, 1960 67." I said, "97." I'm sorry. I was say, Ni- yeah, yeah, 97. <laughs> oh, so it was in 1997. And uh, I'd been going to the Chicago Blues Festival every year since 1989. And, I mean, I, I love music. I love all kinds of music. To me, there's only two kinds of music, kind I like and kind I don't like. Right. And really, as far as that goes, there's not a lot of music that I don't like. I tell people my favorite music is mood music for the mood that I'm in. Yeah. At any given time with any kind of music, I could say turn that up or turn that down, yeah. depending on my mood. But I have a special affinity for blues, indeed. So in 1997, I decided I, I needed to get to New Orleans for the Jazz and Heritage Festival. So I was planning on a, a road trip down there, and I, I thought I'd do a little research and see what what was between my home in Whitehall, Michigan, and New Orleans, and I learned that a number of number of blues musicians were buried in the Chicago area that I'd never got to see, including Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf and Otis Band and a number of others. And uh, so I thought, okay, well, on my way down, I'll stop and pay my respects. And the first one I went to was Muddy Waters, and when I saw what was there was a simple one foot by two foot by four inch thick granite stone and I was just I, I couldn't believe that someone is as significant and important as him had this puny little flat mark right so okay well it is what it is I went on to another cemetery and Howlin' Wolf had a, a nice uh, it was probably five foot long and four foot tall and I'm thinking okay this is this is more like it then I went to another cemetery, and you know, when you go to the cemetery, you say, I'm looking for the, the grave site of this individual. In this case, it was Otis Spann. And they, get, they give you a card, and they say, it's out in section such and such, row such and such. And I went out there, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I can't find anything. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I'm, some, some, I'm missing. So I went back to the office, and I said, I can't find the stone. They said, well, because he doesn't have one. Oh. And I was like, well, what, do you, what do you mean he doesn't have one? So onto the New Orleans Heritage Festival and I went and uh, after I, I came back it, was, it, it, it had been bothering me so I, I wrote a letter to a, a magazine back then it was called Blues Review and I said Otis Spann's lying in an unmarked grave this is terrible we need to do something well the magazine uh, put that my, my letter in their paper and and decided that uh, people from all over the world started sending money to him. Hmm. 
so they 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 had gotten enough uh, money and they, they you know they had a uh, headstone made and there was a dedication with his uh, his daughters and family and I thought this is wonderful but I had discovered some other ones that were in a similar situation and there didn't seem to be any interest so at that point it's just kind of jumped to here we are today you know just uh, recently wrote the check for number 123 yeah I was gonna ask nice. you nice. Nice. Very nice. Nice. Awesome. Now you got you have like a book out too with all the different headstones that you we, purchased, right, I, or something. Well, like that. I I initially it's it's a self-published book. It, it's, right. It's called uh, Every Day I Have the Blues, and it's basically a uh, perpetual calendar that on every day of the year okay. it it has a person that was either born or died, and it has their name, what instrument they played, mm-hmm. when and where they were born, when and where they died, and where they're buried if if we know so at any given day you can open it up and say well today's uh this guy's birthday right so but that that is currently um the last edition we did was the third edition and it's out of print and we're currently myself and my vice president are going through every entry and rechecking and we've uh we have plans to do a new edition but we're, we're also working on a uh a photo book that will have a uh, photo of all the headstones that we've placed. It'll it'll have their name and and a photo of the stone and where it's at and just a I, I I'm calling it a teaser because we're we're not gonna go about writing biographies for all these individuals because anybody can find it online. Right. Just just to, just to, something to tell you a little bit about that person that make you maybe wanna go out there and find. Uh, more information about that now if they purchase these though that don't, doesn't that money go towards every yes a, a, all the proceeds go towards the headstone project okay um, I'm, I'm also working on uh, we're calling it a brochure booklet basically a uh, it'll it'll the tentative title is um, buried in the blues uh, a guide to uh, Chicago uh, area cemeteries and it has right now. I think we're at about 15 cemeteries that are in the area, and it has all the uh, blues artists that are in that cemetery. Okay. So it'll it, you'll be able to look up the cemetery, and know who's there, and uh, we're we're using the kind of novel approach because it's like okay, a lot of blues tourists come to Chicago, and they're they're a few of the crazy ones are interested in this headstone thing so <laughs> we, we want we want to make it easier for them to right. be able to come and, and pay their respects to the, their particular hero so uh, so so why do you think that these blues artists pretty much died paupers I mean you did it some of them like uh, even Muddy Waters for instance I mean you said that one wasn't that big I mean you would think he would have a, a huge stone well you know Blues is a very small niche market. Right. It, it always has been, and there's there's very few people that made a lot of money in it. If you right. look at, you know, BB King's a good one. Him, and he's he made a lot of money, and he has a museum, and right next to his museum, he has a nice, you know, uh, I guess it's a not really a headstone. It's like a big box, yeah. granite box that he's in. So, yeah, but 
Uh, last year, we uh, actually did a headstone for, his name was Caleb Emery, and for 22 years, he played drums for B.B. King. Okay. And when he passed, his family didn't have the money to to take care of that, and we took care of that. Okay. Now, you know, um, the one thing I was, I was, I was just watching this thing. I've seen it before. It was about the uh, the Funk Brothers. It was called "Standing in the Shadows of Motown." Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah it's a yeah. great it's a great yeah. story. Yes, it is. But that that there you go. I mean, here's these guys that played the were the musicians of all the Motown songs, mm-hmm. but they never got any recognition. They never got put on the the album covers to say this this person right. or that person. And I mean, that lady. Didn't, I don't know if they all die, are dying paupers, but they definitely didn't get what they deserved. And uh, the one one key one is. Uh, uh, James Jamerson, yeah, the bass player. Right. Oh, it was awful. He, I mean, he came up with all the, you know the the bass note for you know my girl and all that all that he's, stuff. These different bass notes. Tremendous guy. And and he went. They said that when he died, he went to the Motown. Remember the Motown Twenty Five? Yeah, the review. The review, the yeah. yeah. And he went. He it. went there, and uh, no mention whatsoever on the whole twenty five years of yeah. the musicians that played. They talked about everything else but that. A couple of weeks later, and he was gone. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. overdosed or, or drank or, well, or whatever. But you know, mu- music is first and foremost. It's a, since recorded music, it's been a business. It's all all about business. Right. So um, the the record companies didn't never have and still don't, I believe, care much about individuals only in so much as they're generating income for the record companies. Right. I mean, if you go you go back to 1923 when uh, Mamie Smith released Crazy Blues, which, which some people call this the very first blues song. Well, as soon as that song hit the airwaves, and initially record companies weren't interested in recording black artists because they figured there was no market for it. They right. couldn't sell it. Well, when they sold hundreds of thousands of records for her the first thing they did is they, they sent all their talent scouts out and said find me black women that can sing yeah you know because it's keep repeating the same formula formula yeah. and yeah. That, that that goes on to this day all right well you know I, you know i want to go keep going back to the motown thing but yeah. I, you know greg's seen this the show the one thing that gordon uh barry gordy did is that when all these musicians came in to play, he had shut the doors and said, "We moved to Los Los Angeles," and that was it. That was all. They didn't get a notice or anything. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I just as far as t- uh, treating people badly, you know, that's that's what a lot of the musicians were. They were just kind of like they felt disposable. I guess I don't know. Well, one it, of the things that Barry Gordy did and just basically worked those guys to death oh yeah yeah um and all the performances and all the people that they played on it it's a travesty that those guys never got tribute other than this video yeah because they were the funk the funk brothers for motown but they also played jazz and blues at night sure after their Mm -hmm. long day at uh at motown studio so yeah if anybody didn't catch it it's it's called uh standing in the shadows of motown it's i think it's on hulu yeah, it's been on, been around since two thousand two, so there's a fairly new uh, documentary called The Sidemen, and it's focuses on uh, sidemen for blues artists that uh, 
the same same thing happened with a, a lot of uh, blues artists that were. I mean, they one of the guys was um, the uh, piano player that played with all kinds of people. Yeah, you know Perkins and uh, Pine Top Perkins, and he played with lots of people and never really got the recognition. And so th there was this video, and back to the sidemen. It's like basically the the people that the Killer Blues Headstone Project has purchased Headstone for has basically been sidemen. I mean, everybody knows Muddy Waters, but th they didn't know his drummer or his right. piano player, or his right. bass player, or Elmore James. His, you know, a lot of those sidemen is people that we've taken care of. Right. Any any anybody else have any questions that they want? No. I, I would like the, that brochure that you're making. It's I, I think it's going to produce a lot more people that are interested in Headstone. I don't think they gave it much thought until they see that. You know, they see that brochure and they're going to go. Hey, let's go do this. That that that, that 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 is our hope in that that individuals will see value in it. Yeah, I, um, I thought so. Chicago is a big tourist town and there's yeah. a lot of blues tourism and and this is i think this is a, a good way to uh, help tourists that come into town that want and what we're doing with with the the uh the, the brochure is it's like okay how do you how much direction do you give them well we we're going to put the the cemetery in the cemeteries in alphabetical order but we're also we're we're, we're saying okay buddy guys legend downtown Chicago we're calling ground zero so what we're saying is from buddy guys this cemetery is 20 miles this cemetery is every every cemetery is from buddy guys because any blues tourist is going to go to buddy guys so when they get there and I I hope someday that we'll be able to have that brochure for sale at buddy guys where they can say oh gee that's only 20 miles let's go there yeah look who's buried there yeah so okay all right. That's a work in progress. We're yeah. plugging away at it. I, you know, I can't get it done soon enough. And my my wife Leslie is she's the secretary, so she's doing a lot of the typing and yeah. editing for me. But always fun. Always yes. fun. Now I don't know if you ever heard it or not. Probably nobody nobody here has. I'm sure. I used to do a show at WGVU called Traveling Blues. I don't know if you. Had, you yeah. Oh, most definitely. Okay. And I did that for about two years, but. I think I thought that's what we'd do today is play some of the songs that I recorded from these guys like Larry McRae and uh, the Rhythm Rockets, uh, Big Daddy Fox. We got Bonnie Raitt, Buster Blues Band. Of course, Greg knows about Buster Blues Band. This is before Greg, though. Yeah. Before Greg. Eric Sardinus. Um, let's see, Jerry Val our Junior Valentine. Uh, King B and the Buzz Tones even on there, too. So we got that. We've got Nikki James. You remember Nikki James? Yes, in the okay. Flames. In the Flames, yeah. Uh, Rick Hicks, who I always thought was one of the greatest guitar players. And then we got Roberta Bradley, Sheree uh, Williams, and Southside Denny. So we got all kinds of stuff that we're going to try to fit in today for music. So well, just a uh, blues side. Bonnie Raitt actually, uh, at a number of years ago, gave us a $1,000 donation. Nice. nice. So yeah. nice. Really, And a lot of people ask, so how much does a headstone cost? Mm. Well, on an average, it's uh, $800. Okay. And what what happens is every every cemetery is is unique as is every headstone is a unique story of 
but every cemetery has it's called a placement fee and that's how much it costs to drop it on the ground basically wow and in G to do that <laughs> in, 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 in Chicago She's always dropping things yeah. <laughs> in Chicago is 400 to 500 dollars yeah to just drop, just it, to on drop the it on the ground yes that's see there you and I can go into business. I'll take one side, you take the other, G. You get to, you get to do it for half that. Half that, yeah. Two hundred bucks, hundred bucks a piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna touch that. You need Eric and Crane to get both of them. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're huge. Well, one of my favorite artists. I don't know if he was originally from Chicago or not, but I I think he did pass away there in Sun Seals. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, was his first name. Mm-hmm. Frank Sun Seals. Yep. Now is he one of the people you've researched? I. He is he is buried in uh, Homewood Memorial Gardens in Homewood, Illinois. Okay. Uh, we did not have to take care of his marker, so that's good. It, like I say, this this book that I first did uh, buried it, every day. I have the blues where we we continually do research on blues artists and are trying to find their burial site. Yeah, and we have a, a, a huge. Uh, database right now in, in an excel sheet of over 1600 that we know we have names and and the ones that we don't know where are buried we have a long list of it, at least 40 that we're looking for that we're we don't know where they're buried and we have another list of at least 40 people we know where they're buried and we know they don't have a marker so they're on the waiting list as funds come in yeah and we we continually research and add new and find new all the time. Okay. Yeah, let's give that contact information again where yeah, people can idea. reach you guys and find out more information. Yeah, that would be the, our website is killerblues.net. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and my email is killerblues88 at yahoo.com. And you guys also, like, do you guys still do uh, like a, a booth or a table at shows? Um, done in the past. We have in the past. Um, whenever there's a, a suitable opportunity, yeah, I would be happy to have a, a, a booth at a show. Um, right now we're, we're working on a benefit at uh, North Grove Brewery in Montague. In July 18th, we're going to be doing a, a, be- a benefit there, uh, bring in some bands and hope to raise some funds to help us do what we do. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys ever do blues on the mall, for instance? Well, if if you go way back with blues on the mall, which we did, because in, initially, Killer Blues started out as a uh, seat. I was a CD vendor, and okay. I would sell CDs and T-shirts at blues festivals, and I started that in 1995, and about 2007. 2008 I stopped doing it because by then it was all downloads and people weren't buying CDs anymore so it was like okay well we'll turn this in to a non-profit organization specifically focused on uh, providing headstones mm-hmm. so that's awesome so alright thank you sir for coming in and thank putting you. up with us bravo by the way yeah, by, yeah, yeah definitely. great cause great cause Appreciate it. So we'll take a break. We'll be back. More talking tunes. 
Now back to Talk and Tunes. Talk and Tunes, and we're back with the G-Man. We're doing the stuff, too, is, is that we've been doing the concert series. Now, the first one we did, we weren't able to get because of the music was clipping. Right. But we're still working on that. Um, but I'm happy to report that I'm, a lot of my music friends are going online and they're playing music right. to entertain people. And I think and that's, that's awesome. That is awesome. Really and, is. you know, I've just been challenging people, you know, just like, okay, you know, you know, pick up your guitar, pick up your instrument and just, you know, play a song. Yep. And, and, and so, um, and I, I want to take a chance to, um, Lou Russ, this guy is phenomenal. He's, uh, seven nineteen in the morning, seven nineteen at night, every day, half hour, hour. Um, 45 minutes is on playing music Yeah, to um, lift people's spirits. And that's uh, like Chris Cuomo said, that's an American. Yeah. You know, just, uh, and that's that phrase that I, I want to pick up, American, that we, you know. That's that pretty good. I, have, the spirits. I haven't heard that one, American. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, um, the other thing about 100.9 too, um, we have two, I think two of our, th- our three churches that are on Sunday are doing them now on Facebook. So you can watch them on Facebook. So, and you can also hear them also Sunday because I record them and put them on. So they come on Sundays too. So it's always a, um, a nice thing too, that you have you, if you can't get to church, you can also, you know, listen to it on 100.9 on Sunday mornings. One comes on at nine and one comes on at 10. So there you go. And yeah. And and you know, like I church Christ church, um, everything is, that's online as well, and uh, a lot of churches have, have just gone online. Yeah, and uh, we do all our studies, our groups, everything. Um, and if you need information, I'm, I'm going to go out there and just say, uh, put my phone number two three one five seven eight four two six two, and you know we'll make sure that um, we'll lead you in a direction, or or you can call. If you like to volunteer, or if you need food, or if you need something, dial the number two one one, and that will get you in contact of people that will help you. Also, uh, we're you know giving praises to people. Let's take the time to thank the school system and the bus bus drivers and the people that are cooking the food to make sure that our children continue to get breakfast and lunches right because for some kids that's the only meal that they get and i was one of those kids that I, we needed those meals and so there are a lot of people out on the front line that don't get kudos every day yeah we want to take the time to thank them for what they do what they're doing well you know the, the thing about it is with thanking people you could you, we could spend a whole hour doing that because i mean i just myself i've got uh Cassie uh, Riggs, she was, uh, she's a nurse and she was driving home and she gave us a call and said, cause I, you know, my first order at Walmart, I didn't, I didn't get anything. Basically I got ordered, ordered 80 hours worth of groceries and got like 30, but, um, wow. and, uh, so she called and she said, Hey, what do you need? And she stopped at all these and save a lot or whatever. And picked all this stuff up for me, just dropped them on my porch for me, you know? And of course I left the money for her, but you know, the, the stuff like that is just awesome. And, you know, of course, my, my two of my, our, our daughters uh, are in the uh, 
medical profession, and uh, one of them at Mercy Hospital, and we, you know, pray for her every day, and same with the other one that uh, is over at Spectrum, because, you know, they are putting themselves out there, and it just scares the crap out of me, you know, and the crap out of Terry, too, that's for sure, but, right. you know, this, this, the whole thing is just, just amazing how much people are, um, I don't know, just, just being human beings, I guess, finally, because of this tragedy that we have going on right now of this war or this virus or this pandemic or whatever you want to call it. So, uh, you know, to go with that story, I, it, it, there are two women in a uh, uh, trailer park in um, Muskegon Township that came up with this ingenious thing. It's very simple. They came up with a red card and a green card and an instruction that, and they walked the whole uh, trailer park if you're doing fine, you got to you put a green card in the window. Oh, okay. If you need something, you put a red card, and then they knock at the door and they help you out. Okay. So you see that kind of stuff. It just you know just those little things mean a lot, and it's just wonderful. Like I, I said, their merit cans. Yeah. And we want to keep that going. It's just like uh, the White Lake area. They've got the put the anchor on your window. There's an anchor that you can put on your window. I'm, I'm afraid to put it on my window, though, because I have like a 100-foot driveway. So if they came up to look at the anchor, they might step in dog poop. So, you know, I, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just trying to do my part, you know. I'll get out there and clean it up eventually, you know. Yeah, that's what you need to do. The weather's gonna warm up. Yeah, I will. I will. Just don't, don't clean up dog poop. Yeah, I will. I will. I promise. That dog, though, man, I tell you. Anyway, <laughs> just don't want anybody stepping in it, you know, including myself, yeah. you know. It's like, what's that smell? Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, what's that smell? That's <laughs> Got everything sterilized. What's that smell? Yeah, okay. Yeah, what, yeah what, what's, what's the smell? Or you come in walking in with masks and yeah, gloves and, and, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, can we, well, can we make a, just a, a, a an announcement that's like, people, if you're going to wear the mask and the gloves, dispose of them oh, yeah. correctly. Do yeah. not throw them on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh, my gosh. Please. I have mankind. I've seen I've I've seen people just like use the mask over and over too. They'll they'll hang it on their their rearview mirror. <laughs> they'll just put it on yeah. when they need to go in or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah right. okay. Yeah, put, put it in the car again. over the window and then ask you for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh well. No. Maybe they maybe they have to teach this. I mean, well, maybe they did. I don't know because I haven't been to school in years. But you know, they start teaching these uh, um, sanitation, um, what you should do in a, in the situation kind of thing these days when school comes back on. I guess you know how they should keep themselves clean, wash your hands, and how they should. Scrub everything. I don't know. I'm like I say, I'm a germaphobe, so I'm kind of crazy about it anyway. So, well, I, I, and the thing is, now, now people they 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 know that you know you got to wash your hands for twenty seconds. Yeah, and, uh, twenty seconds is what songs to sing and all this. <laughs> yeah, stuff. right. Yeah. You know, I've seen every song from Queen to journey. Well, if you think Bohemian Rhapsody, then that, you know, that'd be much longer than 20 seconds. You'd be, you'd yeah, be all it, set there. But man, you would have the cleanest hands. And yeah. You yeah. The whole Bohemian Rhapsody. 
And, and so uh, to see people do this, to put these songs, um, some of the, the, the books that people have written, and I sent you a video of a guy playing, it's, it's called Stay the Blank at Home. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so the, the thing is that what people are doing just to entertain other people, major kudos to those individuals that are coming with up with some ingenious uh, things to just enlighten Americans. You know, the one that... The one that I'm going to share on the, as far as music wise on uh, uh, talking tunes, is the one that was done with um, uh, Robbie Robinson from uh, the the band, the the, the band band, the band, the band. <laughs> he, yeah, the band. He did it. He did it with Ringo Starr and a ton of other people from all over the world, and did the song "The Weight." You know, and it just it was amazing. It was amazing because you had you know you see all these people from all over the world. Uh, adding to this song with piano and, and harmonica and, and um, uh, just all kinds of instruments, or different instruments from, you know, India and all, just everything. It was just amazing. So if you haven't seen that one yet, it's on my on my page, in Facebook page. So I'll ask her, I'll go to my Facebook page. It's there. Yeah, major kudos to Neil Diamond. You know, he saw Caroline, and he took that and he changed it to a hand-washing song. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that one. That that yeah, he did that. Took, you know, picked up the guitar and changed it to wash. You know, yeah, wash your hands. And so you see a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and and I just major kudos to those artists. Yeah. That are willing to pitch in, and um, I, I I'm just reading right now over the screen. There's a um, NBA player that is sending ten million masks from China. Yeah. On his own dime. There you go. And just that that kind of stuff right there is just amazing. Yeah, people um, that are closing down their 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 factories and, and switching them over so they can make the mask or the shields or the yeah yeah it's just amazing. And, and then there the 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 other people, I, and I know you know you, you stay home, but there's some people that are out there still opening their restaurant. So, yeah. you know, they don't totally close down. And Emily and I have been trying to support those individuals as well. If, if it's a candy store, a sub shop, a pizza place, or you know, whatever. The, the, the one thing that scares me, though, is what about the places that can't? Because, I mean, just like in the White Lake area here, I was talking to Beth Beeman about it, and there's a few places that just are totally closed down that can't can't offer the service safely, you know? So they had to close down. So it's like those people, I, I, you just worry. I mean, a lot of businesses. I mean, you go downtown here in the White White Lake area, and it's just, it's a ghost town, of course, you know. And I'm sure it's pretty bad in Muskegon. I've been kind of staying away. So just staying yeah. around in my own little area here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unfortunately, this is going to be like the big purge, you know, after this. You're going to see who gets the loans. Yeah. Who don't get the loans, who will be able to open up. Um, I understand Logan's, for instance, that they're closed down and they're not going to open back up. Right. And that's a national food chain. Yeah. And so. And I um, just got a, and I just got a 25 hour gift certificate to Logan. So I got to find. Nice. Some, yeah. Yeah. It was about two months ago. I got, I got it. And it's like, I've been telling Terry, we're going to go for your birthday. And well, that didn't happen. But anyway. Yeah. 
yeah. Anyway, well, I'm get, sorry. Well, when we get together, we, we got to catch up with a birthday. Yeah. Guys, oh, matter of fact, happy anniversary, man. We oh, didn't thanks. We get a chance to do the, the marriage thing. Yeah, which yeah. We'll do that when we get together as well. Yeah. When we could, we'll all have to stand six feet apart, but yeah, it'll, it'll work. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll make it work. Yeah, you just have to. Uh, we'll amplify know, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to throw a kiss six feet away. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, we all have to cry, but we all have to wear gloves. And yeah. It'll be a beautiful ceremony. We'll oh, yeah. Promise. I know it will. I know it will. So, anyway. We'll, we'll make Kathy wear a mask. Everybody wear a mask. <laughs> It'll be a beautiful thing. Yeah. British, British singing through a mask. Yeah, there you go. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> hey maybe you'll have your voice back so you can like uh, harmonize with her or something then by that time you know you know you haven't been the first one i mean i'm getting a lot of requests that the, the suit may have to come out of retirement yeah gotta get that gotta get that voice back man yeah you know i might sound like froggy i might have to do it sooner than uh, later, but, uh, Hey, it might be a new sound for you that people like, you never know. <laughs> well, you know, uh, sing a lot uh, Armstrong. Yeah. Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Louis Armstrong. There you go. Yeah. Louis Armstrong. Sing a little, it's a wonderful world. Cause you probably probably be able to sing about two or three songs and <laughs> you'll yeah. be, you'll be shot, but yeah, they always said John Lennon, the best the best song that he ever sang was Twist and Shout, and he said that was when his voice was just about ready to fall apart, and he said sounded the you know the best. So there you go. You never know. Well, I, I think that 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 G Men voice that people were used to, I think that one's gone. <laughs> oh well. I, yeah, that one's gone, and I'm going to end up singing like Prince or something like that. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can say, you can say kiss. <laughs> I'm working on it, baby. Yeah. I'm working on yeah. It. If you get those high notes, what the heck, right? Yeah. Uh, just, you know, we turn back to the 70s and everything funk and false metal. There you go. Yeah. You can start doing yeah. a little Freggy Valley in the Four Seasons stuff, too. There you go. I'm, I'm working on it, man. Yeah. got to do a new show, baby. <laughs> hey, G, I appreciate you. Uh, let me give you a call and talk to you a little bit about this because I wanted to get, you know, I, I want to make sure that the show stays on and people have a good time. With <laughs> I know we have a good time anyway, but hopefully they have some good time and get something out of it too. And I appreciate you spending the time with us. And we, it'd be great when we can all get back together and do it again. Right. Once again, I mean, again, call the radio station. Um, I'm going to put my number out there, 231-578-4262. If you need anything, remember the number 211. And just, again, the people that are out there from the nurses, the doctors, the people that are keeping the food station, the, uh, the food chain, the gas stations. We want to take the time to just anybody that is out there, garbage collectors that, you know, you don't get a chance to say, oh, mail carriers, um, yeah. all those people that are out there, uh, UPS, thank you guys so much. Um, you're still working, and um, we're locked up like Fort Knox. 
Yeah. And, you, you know, you, these people, and um, to all the people that are listening, thank them, please, because when they have to go home and they have families too. Right. Right. That's right. Well, the like I said, the prison workers, that's another scare that we uh, got some, a daughter in the UP and her husband works at a prison and there's cases there. So yeah, it's just, it's just scary, man. It's very scary. Right. So it's a thing. I mean, again, a thankless job. Don't think about prison and this time, but those workers that just go in religiously to and police officers, only, only yeah. they just go in. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, like I say, the thing about the, the guards over at prisons, they, they don't have that option to be six foot apart, you know? So no, no, and, no. and the police officers and the, and the fire department and all that stuff. So, you know, yeah. Um, big hats off to everybody. That's for sure. Yeah. One thing, another thing, just things are starting, you know, I've talked to a police officer and he, um, he told me about the mental state of Muskegon County is that people are, are just really getting down to a law. If you need help, seek mental health. Yeah. And in and, and, and this time, and just to be real serious, that this can be overwhelming. And during this time, when you when you hear this, it's going to be, we're going to bring you in the thick of things. And the thing is, is that if you need to talk to someone, if you need to get help, get that help. If you are sick and you can't be seen, do not take no for an answer. And um, if you want to hear a song, call us, seek us. Um, I'm on Facebook. You're on Facebook. And um, how, else, how else can you be retasted? Who, me? Yeah. Um, I can't say reach out and touch anymore, can I? No, you can... <laughs> You can always contact me, like I say, Facebook. I've got uh, our email address, which is uh, oscar.osbo59 at gmail.com. Always be reached that way, too. So. I can be reached Gregory T. Roberts at hotmail.com. We would love to hear what you guys uh, would like us to talk about, some of the skits you would like us to run. We have a bunch of stuff that we're going to do in the summertime. Um, what songs do you want to hear? What bands do you want us to feature? We want to hear what you got to say. Make sure you get in touch with us. All right. Sounds good. All right, man. All right, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Wash your hands and stay clean, brother. <laughs> got my hand sanitizer right by me. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> All right. You take care. All right. You Be too. safe. Thanks for joining us for Talkin' Tunes. Join us again next Saturday. West Michigan, we love you. Until next week, I'm the once again employed Bambi Dickens saying, I like you. I really, really like you. T-A-L-L because we like you. K-T-U, you are special. N-E-S. S is for see you next week.
Thanks for joining us for Talking Tunes. Hopefully we can all get back together again here soon. Here's uh, one of the interviews I did probably 25 years ago when I did Talk of Muskegon back in the uh, KBZ days. So this is a kind of an interesting interview with uh, Joseph Overton. Overton. Thank you. There it is. Okay. I'm talking tunes. Like I said, we're going to talk to Joseph Overton. Is that, that's right, right, Joseph? Overton. Overton. I'm sorry. Okay. About the outrageous law competition. Yes. It's, uh, it was a write-up in the uh, Muskegon Chronicle about this, and it uh, just mentioned a few of the outrageous things, like the Ann Arbor Ordinance outlaws uh, washing horses and wagons yeah. on the city streets. Grand Rapids had this unlawful hug someone while in a moving vehicle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> State law prohibits employees at a uh, funeral home from um, uttering uh, obscenities in front of the dead person, which is kind of unusual. That's right. Uh, I don't quite understand why the uh, dead person would care. <laughs> No, it has to be pretty strong language. I would Oscar, imagine. For them to, to be, upset. be upset. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, but um, there's a competition which awards. Is, is there like a couple of competitions? I see. I see well, what we have, we call our outrageous law competition, and right. we're offering uh, four hundred dollars total in prizes. That's one hundred dollars for each of four categories. Okay. And we have uh, one category is for some of those laws that you mentioned. That's the the most humorous laws. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have some other categories that are a little more serious. Uh, one category is for the most uh, outrageous waste of taxpayer dollars. We hear those stories about the federal government uh, paying $500 for a hammer or $800 for a toilet seat. Any, any laws in yeah, Michigan yeah. that just simply are outrageous waste of money. Uh, the third category is uh, economic liberties for laws that make it difficult to run a business or earn a living. And then the fourth category is uh, civil liberties for laws which infringe on freedom of speech and uh, freedom of association, those type of things. Okay. And you know, um, when you talk about some of the foolish money that the, some of the, gov- that the government spends, I remember when I was, when I, was uh, I don't know, 18, 19 years old, I worked at, over at the uh, Suffrage Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had uh, a meter there, uh, a millimeter, I mean a uh, voltmeter rather, that they were going to throw away. And all it was was a was a, a dial was bad, okay, just a, a like a two dollar part. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I was going just going through electronic school and stuff, so I knew what it was, and I could have fixed it for them. But instead of doing that, they threw it out and bought a, no, a new one for like uh, four hundred dollars. Uh, and, and then after that, I never could understand, you know, some of the some of the ways they used to do things. So. Right. Well, we, I think everybody knows of laws like that uh, that they run across, and so often it's legislators are more focused on passing new laws than they are on going back and examining laws that are on the books that are harmful or just needlessly meddlesome. Yeah. And so uh, we are offering uh, this competition, and we hope that we can get Michigan citizens to submit their favorite uh, outrageous state law or city ordinance, and we're going to compile these, select a winner, and publicize the results uh, in uh, July. How do some of these laws still stay on the books? Don't people go through the books yearly, maybe, to find out some of these strange laws? Well, they really don't. Again, I think typically legislators and public officials react to current emergencies, and mm-hmm. so they're always dealing with with new programs and policies. And the uh, you know the ordinances, for example, there's one in Michigan that. Uh, makes it illegal for you to have a sticker on your car for a decal or a sticker on your car for an organization that you don't belong to. 
Okay. And, you know, some association wants to get this law on the books. They they lobby. <laughs> it gets on the books, and then nobody ever goes back and says this is really a ridiculous yeah, thing. So yeah. we're trying to do a little bit of a spring cleanup here and encourage uh, Michigan citizens again to, to let us know of the, the laws that uh, they think should be repealed. Now, have you ever, ever met anybody that got arrested for spitting on the sidewalk? No, I have not. Okay, I guess that's a law in the, the books in Grand Rapids, I guess. And uh, be careful not to chase squirrels in the city of Ann Arbor. Yeah, you, yeah you're saying that. Yeah. against that for, for people. Why would anybody want to chase a squirrel? I don't I don't know. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I, I, my grandfather did that one time, and it chased him back, and he was he was sorry for it, believe me. Got I just his arm hope and... that they don't have a lot of cats and dogs that are languishing in the uh, Ann Arbor jail. I don't know. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, rest the dogs and cats. Now, do you know some of the... So what do you have so far as far as... Can you name a few of the outrageous ones, some of the funny ones? Well, we have... Uh, the, the one with the decals was, was particularly interesting to me. Mm, yeah. It's also illegal to use the likeness or name of a dead ex-president in a liquor advertisement in the state of Michigan. So oh, really? We, we can't have... You can't have a Richard Nixon beer or a Herbert Hoover wine cooler... Uh, so then you go to their brothers, like Billy, Billy Beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, Billy Beer apparently is, is is legal in Michigan. He's uh, not uh, until he's elected president. We're we're safe with that. But uh, yeah, so you go with the brothers. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> uh, we have uh, some some more serious. Uh, there was a school district that uh, a school district employee that sent in a OSHA regulation, actually a my OSHA regulation, which exceeded federal requirements, is, go- is just going to cause a tremendous burden on their school district in terms of training employees for this uh, one um, health-related related policy, and it's going to be a very expensive process. So not all the ones that are coming in are, are of the humorous nature, and, right. and we want to look at some of the more serious uh, impediments to running a business or a school or whatever it might be. Right. Now, um, and you know, obviously, there are some some regulations make more sense than others. Right. And we're looking for the ones that just really, I think everybody would probably pretty much agree are are, are a waste. Okay. So now, when when you when you look at these now, are you actually looking at these not just for the humor, but also just to see if you can get them off the books? Yeah. Well, our our goal at the Mackinac Center for Public Policy is to help improve Michigan government uh, and and help. Uh, improve the quality of life for Michigan citizens. And, you know, again, we have the four categories of civil liberties, economic liberties, waste of taxpayer money, and, and then humorous laws. So mm-hmm. uh, we've got a category for humorous laws. If it's a humorous law, if it's a waste of, just a waste of money, we have a category for that. And if it's uh, something that makes your life more difficult in terms of earning a living or just uh, exercising personal freedoms, we have categories for those. And each one will be judged according to to that criteria. I'm trying to trying to think, there was uh, oh some of the ones from the past are, are interesting. Oscar, uh, there used to be uh, illegal in in uh, some cities for a woman to raise her dress more than six inches as she crossed a mud puddle. Okay, uh, you know things like that that are somewhat antiquated. In, in Rochester, uh, the police were uh, required to inspect uh, bathing people's bathing suits. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I fell into that one. Uh, let's see, old uh, Ann Arbor City Ordinance prohibits uh, bathing naked in public. I got that one right. There you go. Bathing naked in, uh, <laughs> in the public uh, from sunrise to 8 p.m. So that means what? After 8 p.m. you can you can bathe naked? Yeah, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> okay. I think I like Ann Arbor. I can bathe naked after 8 p.m. I kind of like that. 
kind of why would you want to bathe with clothes on I mean you know it's just uh, anyway I guess in a public place I guess it would it would make some difference though sure okay well thank you very much Joseph okay Oscar thanks for joining us for Talking Tunes join us again next Saturday West Michigan we love you until next week I'm the once again employed Bambi Dickens saying I like you I really really like you T-A-L L because we like you K-T-U you are special N-E-S S is for see you next week